podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge. For every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. We it's oh, beautifully done. It's pod four fifty three, I think, and it's our first pod with actual football back. Kind of, it hasn't happened yet. We're going to preview the Fulham game coming up because domestic football has returned, uh, but the World Cup has ended, uh, which was very weird to say, previewing the Boxing Day game as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about World Cup, answer some questions, and then get back into the swing of things with actual domestic football and Palace returning. Also returning, Jack Pierce. How are you? Nice. Yes, I am returning. Nicely done. Did you script that? That actually sounded pretty professional. That's pretty good. Thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, no, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, I'm back. So, yeah, ready to talk about Palace. Enough of this international namby-pamby nonsense. Let's get back to the good stuff. Yeah, didn't want to win a World Cup anyway, did we? Didn't want to win a World Cup. Mm. Not fast. Not that one. This is the one I didn't want. So. Did Buenos Aires look rubbish. Don't, yeah, don't want to be exactly. anywhere near yeah. that type of Overcrowded, if anything. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Joe Walker is also here. Joe, I, how are you? How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, good to be back. It's been um, yeah, strange, a strange period. And uh, I dare say I'm almost not ready for, for Boxing Day yet. But um, let's, let's see after Christmas how I, if I'm still feeling that way. <laughs> Well, it has crept up quickly. I want to talk to you first about following England. We, we do. We're going to have to talk about England going out, unfortunately, sure. uh, Joe. Before, because I know you were there. You were in the thick of the action. Uh, <laughs> but before we do that, let's do some admin. So, can we do a drum roll for a random patron again? Yeah. It's Mister Steve Perry. Hello, that's a little basketball reference for anyone seen that movie oh no. i see uh steve perry uh thank you for joining our patron welcome oh, steve oh, steve's welcome. been a patron for a long time top man you can join our patron and get all the rewards that steve gets like post-match podcast extra content on main episodes patron only merch and access to the patron only discord club at patron.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash f-y-p podcast now, we're delighted this week to be sponsored by our friends at Eternity Home Finance. Uh, they're a family-run, palace-supporting mortgage advisors. They're currently helping their customers keep their mortgages as cheap as possible in the light of rising interest rates. So, for a free consultation or to chat about Palace, email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. And we wish everyone at Eternity Home Finance a very Merry Christmas. And we thank them for their continued support on the pod. Um, If you're looking for something to do in the new year after Christmas, Thursday, February the 9th, I'm doing a final run of my stand-up show, Jim Daly Football and Fatherhood at Angel Comedy at the Bill Murray Pub, uh, 9th of Feb, 6.30pm. Tickets available at angelcomedy.co.uk. It's a four-star show, so it's not that bad. Uh, but it should be a good night out if you fancy coming along. Lots of Palace content in it. Lots and lots of Palace, uh, if that could sway you to come. Um, 
Right, part one, guys. We are unfortunately going to have to talk about the World Cup as we've been, we, we did it a few weeks ago. We've teased this episode. Before we talk about the winners and what happened in that fantastic final, Joe, or should I say BBC News at 10's Joe Walker, yeah, uh, gosh. you were, well, star of the show. I mean, there you were, Santa hat, England flag as a cape, watching England go out of the World Cup in what looked like a VIP area. Talk us through, was it Box Park Wembley, wasn't it? This is Box Park Wembley. Uh, a friend of mine has been doing some of their in-house uh, video content, interviewing, doing the Vox Pops and whatnot, talking to yeah. people. Um, he said, oh, do you want to come down? Do you want to watch the England game at Box Park? And I've gone, yeah, sign me up, thinking Box Park Croydon. Nice short walk. I, I'll be there. In, I, I can leave half an hour before. He went Wembley, went there. It's It's nice to go to Wembley and it not be an absolute, like, zoo outside you know like Wembley ways is can be a bit a bit much a bit overwhelming um and then yeah I was meant to just be there watching from the sidelines or whatever and then we got word that someone had ordered uh VIP tables at the front and hadn't turned up or couldn't turn up uh an LT which we then later found out was Louis Tomlinson from One Direction oh yeah had basically said I'm not coming now so we took the tables and I didn't realize that that then meant I was on about four news outlets just with a really sad face <laughs> uh, as England were, you know, I mean, all, all the bits of me throwing all two fingers up at, at the France side every time they missed the chance that that didn't make the cut surprisingly. But <laughs> Oh, wait, so there was a side of France fans in there as well? Um, no, no, I just mean in terms of oh, me okay. at, at the screen, like an idiot. Just, there was a home and away end. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, that, that, I I enjoyed that I, for the last couple of tournaments. I've I've watched most of the England games at home if I'm not at the game, and so it was nice to be in that kind of semi. You know, there's a couple, there's a thousand odd people in there, so it feels like a proper mm. great atmosphere. But uh, yeah, long way home after what, after that. What was the atmosphere like? And did you get covered in beer with the with the cane penalty that went in? Um, Surprisingly not. I think I think in this these trying times, I think people want to hold on to the France. Uh, so you did, there <laughs> hands were, over yeah. the top, celebrating. Yeah, absolutely. There, there was some earlier on in the day. There were some performative kind of like lobs it, of stuff. It is. Yeah. I, I, I realised now with the kind of the way the box part has the tables at the front and the this then it's just like the standing area. You can see there's a sort of element of resentment there. The people that were sort of. You see it at dart sometimes as well. You kind of go, oh, you can't afford tables, and that, that's part of the chance. So you obviously are just going to get a load of grief from from the standing crowd. Whereas I think our table, we kind of made it very clear that we had jibbed in, and and uh, we were hand- they give you loads of free flags and stuff. So we were handing them out. So I think we survived the okay. worst of it. They do provide ponchos though. It's really wow. got that. It's gone that far now uh, at Potts Park. You're a real uh, man of the people, aren't you? Hand in the hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about the game then, I guess. Jack, I'm guessing you watched it at home. Um, my, or did you? No, um, but the BBC didn't want to come to the Bo Peep in St. Leonard's. So, <laughs> fair enough. Missed out, missed missed out. out big missed time. Out. Uh, no, I watched it in a pub. We decided to make a night of it. Was that, was that a good decision? Well, <laughs> you know, if we'd won. It's the gamble, isn't it? Every time they, you go and watch a big game like that. Quite. I mean, it was quarterfinal against the World Cup holders. The, the world champions at the time um i actually thought england played very well and were incredibly unlucky and were you know a penalty away from staying in it and who knows if they'd have 
gone any further. I thought the first goal should have been disallowed for a foul on Saka. So there's a lot of things working against England. And I think uh, compared to previous tournaments where they sort of limped out a little bit against Croatia, weren't brilliant against Italy in the Euros, I actually think they put in their best performance and were very unlucky. I think it's probably the best performance against a bigger nation. I know we beat Germany in uh, the last 16 of the Euros, but um, I still think England's performance against France last weekend was probably better than that. Did everything that you probably need to do. Stayed disciplined, but was still decent on the ball. Um, yeah, I, 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 I was fairly philosophical after it because I, I thought France would go on and win it because I didn't fancy Argentina to, to cause France any trouble. Spoiler alert. Um, but uh, I, I, yeah, it was always the fear when the draw was made that we'd meet France in the quarterfinals. I think anybody that kind of knows how tournaments work, that was pretty much where everyone got to quite quickly. And turned out that we lost a very narrow, narrow game. You know, a few moments that could go the other way. Obviously, the penalty, um, the big one, but the marking for Giroud's goal, good cross, good header, but he gets between two centre-halves. Hopefully, you don't concede that type of goal. Um, yeah, Saka, the foul for the first goal. Lots of little bits, and as ever with a game like that, everything's under um, kind of assessment um, in the hope that it would have gone the other way. But look, next tournament's only 18 months away. I'm glad Gareth Southgate's already confirm that he'll be staying on for that because I think the continuity um, is important but that really is it's not last chance saloon for this generation of players because so many players are so young but mm. for the likes of Harry Kane and you do need a figurehead like Harry Kane at the top of the pitch um, it probably is his last chance at a major tournament you'd argue um, so yeah real shame to go out but hey we, we were given a consolation prize as the best final of all time so not gonna not gonna whinge too much about it very true i mean there's no guarantee england would have beaten morocco in the semi-final anyway which i think they knew was gonna that that was lined up already I think was, already uh, yeah morocco had already be, yeah morocco beating portugal in fact the la the loudest cheer of the saturday was when ronaldo was pictured crying going down the tunnel where i was <laughs> so didn't even didn't get close to for the rest of the England-France game. So, yeah, I mean, the Morocco wouldn't have been an easy game, but no. it was obviously the the prize that was on offer to be... If you'd said at the start of the tournament, France versus England, the winner gets Morocco in the semi-final, you know, you would have taken it. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. Deep breaths, guys, deep breaths. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird... Would you have... That's a stupid question, really, Joe, isn't it? Everyone's saying, like, oh, Kane shouldn't have taken the second penalty. And then there was... Um, quotes online of like well actually only 75 percent of penalties are scored which does seem very low and then which means if you have a second one it's down to 50 50 and all this kind of stuff but i i I'd just i'd still let kane take a penalty eight days in a week you know what i mean i think it's just one of these things yeah um i think uh mbappe in the final is a not mbappe sorry uh, Messi, Messi took two penalties against Lloris technically mm-hmm. shootout and in normal time uh and scored both. Mbappe scored three against Martinez, which is supposedly a penalty specialist. So, off the, he, he has to just put it on target, really. He's, he, he's, it's definitely factored into his mind that, you know, um, if, if I'm going to go the same way, I've got to hit it a bit harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but has hit it too hard. It, it happens. People's penalties maybe a bit too okay with that because... You know, Palace don't have a regular penalty taker that's prolific at the moment either. Um, <laughs> although he did score one in the friendlies, if we, if we get to that. Um, but yeah, it is. He also missed one in a friendly as well. But okay, <laughs> consistent. Oh, of course. Yeah, I forgot that. that was the one I was at. I forgot you even done that. <laughs> I warped that one out of my mind. Oh my goodness. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, just, but generally speaking, you know, I thought it was really telling that a lot of the French coverage and media around that game, I mean, it's very little consolation, but they knew they got out of that game yeah. by the skin of their teeth. They thought that was, they were, they got very lucky. So, you know, I, I don't, I think as a team, as a collective, I think there's still lots to be excited and hopeful about with England. I think you have to, some of the conversation, particularly around immediate tournament exits, it becomes about these absolutes. About if you, if you didn't win a tournament, it's a failure. And mm-hmm. I just think with England, that's always a, a way oversimplifying it. I feel I feel like yeah. the 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 broader project that um, Southgate has been working on and achieved, and the, the blooding of new players, exciting players, the change in attitude, the fact that we are going into England expects has come back has be, is because of Southgate because yeah. we remember sort of 2018 as even at sort of in the group mm. stage we were still kind of going yeah you know we we aren't that type of team anymore and I I I I, I get excited about watching England again I, I'm really up for it I mean neither of them none of, none of them made it in the end but I, you know when I went to see Connor. I went to see Connor playing San Marino because I was like, wow, this is great. Like Palace players and then Gway's got caps, Mitchell's got caps. Like there's there's all those kind of things. It's nice to even have that on the side of just a really exciting team for promising youngsters. But yeah, 18 months time, four years time, Saka, Bellingham, Foden. That's a, it's a scary proposition for SA. anyone. Yeah. SA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you um are you eyeing Germany or Deutschland twenty twenty four, Joe? Who are you thinking about it? I will be. I've already, um, I've already got plans in place to to get my England points up. Uh, nice. M- M- Malta, England is on my birthday, so I think Thanks. I'm. Uh, it's rude not to. It's rude not to. <laughs> I think so. Um, yeah, and I think I think logistically that's going to be a lot easier to do than say yeah. Qatar. Hundred percent. So it can just pick pick and choose. Yeah. So I'm going to try. I'm going to really give it a good. Point. I'll have no hope of seeing England given the the lack of points. But Albania versus Spain in Frankfurt does sound pretty good. So I might Ooh. might might just uh, enter the ballot and see what comes out, and then make plans afterwards. I think. But yeah, that's a far more far easier tournament. But the next World Cup is only three and a half years away because the way this World Cup fell. So yeah, yeah. that doesn't seem that far away either. So no. uh, Canadian road trip, all plans ahead. Oh. <laughs> yeah, FYP, FYP World Cup FYP on the road on the FYP mobile. Um, there, I think there's a lot to be excited about this England team, as you guys say. And I think there's, I think you can see that those players love playing for England and they love playing for Southgate. I think they really, really like the environment he's created there. And as you say, they're still a team with a lot of principles. The way they c- came together after the Euros final to talk about the racism online, the fact they were the only team taking the knee during the tournament. I think there's a lot that they do that's a lot to be proud of. Um, so, yeah. And as you said, still quite young. You know, most, most Kane will be older, but most of them will be in their early to mid-20s by the next tournament. So, uh, yeah. Lots to be excited about. Um, did you guys catch the final, Jack? I'm guessing you watched that then. Yes. I mean, France Never, really... I can't imagine missing a World Cup. It would take a lot for me to miss a World Cup final. Well, I had my family over, but I forced them to... I mean, thankfully, they were into football. <laughs> They're not all. Some of them into football. So One I of my mates was football. hosting. He texted saying, I'm hosting this afternoon. I'll try and watch it. France, lucky against us, sort of shit out their way a little bit through the semi against Morocco. I think Morocco maybe didn't have their best game. And then basically turned up for 10 minutes in the final against um, Argentina. But still, it was a great. I mean, it's it's a it's. We've talked in the previous episode about the sort of morals around this World Cup, and I think a lot of us are opposed to it on 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 sort of a lot of moral grounds. So it's really frustrating, Jack, that it's probably the best World Cup final of all time. Yeah, 
it's uh, it's a shame that uh, kind of the Qatari 2022 name will be associated with that game forevermore because it was just such a a game for the ages. It was it was insane. I mean, there was a moment in the second half where it was meandering a little bit, and France put a few crosses in and didn't really look like a threat. And I kind of just gave up at that point that it was really a contest and just thought the whole messy coronation thing was about to you know kickstart. And we we'd watch that. Uh, I think my brother started looking at train times <laughs> back home that time for me. <laughs> and then within about 30 seconds of, of my brother and I just kind of saying, ah, oh, it's kind of done. Otamendi did what Otamendi does and yeah. couldn't defend. And penalty. And then you could see the reaction of the art. It wasn't so much the reaction of the French players that kind of clued me that, that the game was on. It was more the reaction of the Argentinian coaching staff and the players that they were fearful. And I think Scaloni was stomping his feet on the touchline between the two goals. And, and you could tell that he was panicked and, and wasn't quite set. And then what a great strike to, to kind of equalise. And I would have put money at that moment that France would have won it in 90 minutes, to be honest. I, I thought there was only one horse in it. And uh, Argentina did well to hold on uh, to, to extra time, although Messi had a, an amazing chance, which perhaps would have been the most iconic moment if he put it in the top corner. Um, but kind of lorries tipped it over but then extra time came and a lot of extra time typically is just two teams waiting for penalties but that really wasn't um and even after the both teams scored their goals they both still had unbelievable chances sorry to sound like jamie o'hara unbelievable um, <laughs> unbelievable chances at both ends within the space of 30 seconds um i mean i hate the guy but emilio and martinez is yeah. save yeah. in the third minute of interest oh. i forget what he did in the penalty shootout that save um was in, was incredible, and that and probably is going to get lost in the mist of time because of the penalty shootout and everything. But incredible drama, and then for me, it's probably the story that I wanted in Messi winning the World Cup because it it does kind of end the debate. Um, I don't think you can ever definitively say who the greatest player of all time is, but the argument against him was that he hadn't won the World Cup. Well, yeah. now he has, so that's that's done. But yeah, what a game, what an afternoon, um, and. Yeah, well, one day we might be in that final. Who knows? We've had at least we've had a taste of a final. We know what it might be. Yeah. Like. Um, but yeah, a great game, and um, yeah, hope everyone enjoyed it. It probably was Joe, wasn't it? I guess the, aside from England winning it, <laughs> it's really hard, though, isn't it? Because I, I nearly did a TikTok about this. Like for an England fan, you got it's almost like who do you want to lose more in the final rather than win? You got Argentina oh, yeah. or France. It's like sort of reverse Sophie's choice. Like it's just really. But I, I guess for the messy narrative, and you know, I think a lot of us have. Felt like a bit of an honour watching Messi the last couple of years. So I guess for him to win it in, the, in potentially his last ever game for Argentina, I don't know what's happening there, but maybe it was probably outside of England the the right everyone's preferred choice. Yeah, it's it's the he's a fairy tale winner. I don't, but that doesn't mean Argentina are necessarily the fairy tale winners. That's I, very I'm, well, very well put. Yeah, I was I was I was happy for him, but now now we've got. You know, Alexis McAllister, is the oh. star, star of the tournament. <laughs> yeah. Um, although, I mean, he's not going to be there very long now, is he? That's the <laughs> consolation. He's definitely going to move on. <laughs> um, but yeah, stuff like that. And uh, some of those, there's another player. I found he played quite well in the final, but I thought Rodrigo de Paul for Argentina was horrendous throughout their run. Like an yeah. Abercrombie and Fitch model, yeah. just on a football pitch. I don't really understand what he's doing there. No. Um, so the, the sort of story goes that he's. Uh, He's a close friend of Messi, kind of follows him around everywhere and, and the Gary Neville think, of, of the Argentine team. Yeah, and very much I think I think as much as much as 
as much power as Messi wields. I don't know, but supposedly he's he's kind of almost like the Messi nomination in the squad. Like when he, if he wow. plays, I play a bit better. But yeah, not, not was it's weird to see someone like that with a with a medal around their neck. There was a great tweet, wasn't there? Someone put out of um, Rodrigo de Paul's dad, Sean. I'd be really proud of him winning this, <laughs> winning this tournament. It's a great, great tweet. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great final, wasn't it? It was just, it was, it was really exciting. And I guess as well, it's kind of, it's given us a taster of maybe what's going to happen next tournament with with Mbappe, proving oh, goodness. he is absolutely. I mean, the guy is absolutely incredible. Um, he had he more. He had, well, he had. He finished top scorer, but he the the stat that blew me away was he had over twenty more shots in the opposition's penalty box than any other player during the World Cup. Now, obviously, he's played more games than some other some of those other players, but I think he was like thirty five ahead of Kane wow. in terms of touches in the box. He's just a threat. Like he just gets the ball in places you never ever want a player of his talent to get the ball in. Um, uh, yeah, I think he's already on twelve World Cup goals in his career and he's not even 24. So that record's going to go at some point. You'd probably think Miroslav closer, better cherish that record for the next three and a half years. Cause that's probably going to go in uh, at the next tournament. But yeah, it, it would have been a, if he'd won that one, cause that for, again, like we we're just talking about England, that French team is stacked in terms of its age and they, they'll be ready to go again in four years time. So if they'd won on Sunday, they're probably amongst the favourites for 2024. You could be looking at a country winning three consecutive World Cups. So for the history books, I'm almost relieved that Argentina, because that you know Messi in four years' time probably won't be anywhere near the top table come that World Cup. You'd like to think so. Um, yeah, it does. It does kind of break the the monotony of the same country winning over and over again. But um, Jim, what the listeners are really excited to know about is how did your fantasy football team fare? How did you do? Any good picks? Any 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 uh, any flops? The fact that I've allowed us to go for twenty one minutes and not mentioned it, I think probably gives you indication. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are tears. Anyway. Listener, there are tears. <laughs> there are. There are. Uh, on that note, let's wrap up our World Cup chat. I hope you guys have enjoyed that over the last couple of weeks. Um, after the break, we're going to get back to talking about Palace, uh, who are back in action this next Monday. Boxing Day, uh, I think it's called Boxing Day. <laughs> We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge, for every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop. 
You save. Full details on example policies at selectquo.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. When it comes to business and meeting travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold your meeting or the innovative industries that will make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insights said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. And when work wraps up for the day, the evening is just getting started. I'd love to tell you about all the 46 Michelin-rated restaurants, or the array of outstanding dishes that'll have you coming back again and again. But executive chef Guillaume Rabin of Lake Nona Wave Hotel can sum it up better than me. Orlando has a world of artisans, so you can try incredible cuisines from across the globe. It's so true, and there's so much more. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at orlandoforbusiness.com. Welcome back to the Fabi Pan Podcast. We sponsored by Eternity Home Finance, uh, helping their customers keep their mortgage rates cheap as possible in the light of rising interest rates. Uh, for a free consultation, email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. Uh, right, guys, how are we feeling about... Well, we've got questions from our listeners, so I'll read a couple out. Before that, how are we feeling about Palace being back? Jack, are you ready? Are we ready for this? I think I'm ready for it. I think so. Had to drive up that way the other, the, the other day so kind of practice run and i remembered where i was going so that's a good that start. was a, that was a good sign yeah okay no, look good. look looking forward to it looking forward to, to to seeing the boys again it is weird isn't it joe that i'm i guess it's more world cup chat in a way but like the world cup ending and us going straight into boxing day it all feels a bit weird I, i'm actually not sure how ready i am for palace i think it'll be probably one of those things that once the game kicks off then i'll you know and i'm hopefully going to be there Although my record this season is not great, so maybe I'll avoid it for... I might not go now if you're going. How are you feeling? Are you you mentally ready to get back? Because it's really quick. It's a really quick turnaround. Really quick turnaround. I I think 
tournaments watching tournaments is so intense because uh, especially around the group stages alone this it's 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 relentless if you're able to watch even half of the games and uh you often need that that sort of it's almost like you're taking a summer break off with yeah. the players for a few yeah. weeks until uh so to just go straight back into it which it, to the period that is also often you know christmas and new year is also kind of one of the more grueling intense periods of the english football calendar as well so it's i think we're all going to be really feeling it in mid january sort of or by even in february just it's it's another symptom of just uh everything trying to tick along as normal after project restart you know we did really well as a yeah. uh, the premier league and led by steve parish to ensure that the, everything kind of fell back into place as quickly as possible but it has meant it's just been non-stop football for about 3 years now and <laughs> Uh, if, if, what are we moaning if, about? It's gone, it's, gone down, it's gone down really well in my house. That <laughs> yeah, that, okay, yeah, that has been a great thing. Yeah, I've, I just I don't know. I kind of um, I wonder if I if I is there another life out there for me? I don't know. I'm just like <laughs> well, I forgot what that what the rest of the world's like. I'm quite glad in some. Oh, bring, once Christmas Day hits and 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 then box the Boxing Day morning, I'll be absolutely clocking for Palace again. Uh, the challenge, though, is just re-familiarizing myself with where we are right now. What's the lay of the land? Mm. It isn't the halfway point of the season, but it still mentally does feel like a sort of we've had a winter break. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see, you know, all the problems that we had prior to the, the tournament. They're still essentially there now. You know, we issues of midfield depth and, and fullback positions that's still going to affect us in the same way. It's not like we've had a transfer window to work on that. Um, but at least from what I can see, some players are getting closer to fitness and, uh, you know, hopefully, and we've got technically two new, newly promoted sides between now and Christmas, both of whom have done very well this season, albeit. But, uh, yeah, it presents an interesting challenge. And I'm bringing it on. I think, I think Clucky for Palace is going to be... This week's title. I've not heard that before, but I the turkeys cluck. The turkeys cluck. Is there a festive link as well? Uh, turkeys gobble. Don't they, they? Gobble. they gobble. They gobble. They gobble. Yeah. Gobbling for Palace. Palace is very different feel no, to it. Yeah. No. <laughs> move on. Move on. Clucking. <laughs> okay. Um, that's next week. That's next week's title. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and, I mean, obviously we talked about this in the last episode. Are you and Anderson back early, back unscathed, and so that's obviously and puts us in probably one of the strongest positions of any club in the Premier League in terms of players coming back and not having gone too far. So that's good. Um, you touched on transfers there, Joe. Let's, um, well, Jack, I'll put this question to you because basically the only questions we've got this week are about transfers. All right. Which is my fault because I put the call out for questions about an hour. 20, about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Completely. I did. I did go out for Christmas drinks last night with some dads in, uh, in my town here and, uh, my town, my I'm town, str- my town. I <laughs> run <Sheriff>. this town. <laughs> um, uh, I'm struggling with my first hangover in about five years, so uh, everything's okay. been a bit slower today. Oh, you're wearing it well. It doesn't look too, does he, Joe? Mm. He looks, he look, you yeah, look all right. That's Fresh. very kind. It's it's strong yeah. lighting, as, yeah. as RuPaul always says. <laughs> lighting is everything. Um, so two questions here. Let's have a look. Uh, one about people staying and one at going. I think. Well, look, okay. Mark Silver, Mark Silverstein. Hi, Mark. Has, Hi, Mark. Oh, Mark's who I wanted to mention actually, because Mark helped a fellow fan out uh, we had a fan dm us on instagram with a request for, couldn't needed help doing something and mark 
who is the nicest fan around, came to that fan's request uh, and help and help them out over Christmas. So big shout out to Mark for doing shout that. Shout out, Mark. Lovely Absolutely Mark. top bloke for helping another fan out. And I think it's always nice if Palace fans are helping out Palace fans, especially around this time of year. So top man. Uh, Mark says, um, what do Palace need to have a happy new year? More signings? And if so, how many? What positions are hard to stay? And if not, do we... And if we don't get any of this, is that a worry? Well, there's about three questions in one there for you, Jack. Do you want to unpack that? Uh, I mean, the, the Wilf signing extension would be the dream Christmas present for us all. Mm-hmm. And if the club do have that scheduled for, you know, 10 o'clock on Christmas Day, well, I think the social media engagement would be through the roof. Um, well, it might hopefully be better than, do you see that, the list of... Oh, we're the least engaged club on the on the in the Premier League Premier or something. League. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Something to aim for next year. <laughs> Certain listeners just not giving one shit about that. <laughs> fair, yeah. Fair. Some listeners just like I don't care. That's they're, they're just after they've googled who Louis Tomlinson is. They're like, what? <laughs> Social media engagement. Um, Wilf saying would be absolutely incredible, um, but I, I can't see it right now. If that is to happen, I think that might be um, one for later in the season. Possibly, I, I don't think he's gonna commit to us while there's still a transfer window left. Why would he? And why would, the, to be honest, why would the club, you know, really force the issue right now? Because they're not going to sell him even if he doesn't sign that contract. So that's a conversation that doesn't need to happen. There is some need for supplementing the squad. Although I do note that Chris Richards has come back for some of the friendlies between, um, uh, during the, during the World Cup and to, to rehash a typical football cliche, he he is like a new signing because we haven't really seen him in the Premier yeah. League. So so that's that's something. Um, I'm hoping has that... He's sorry to be the least prepared yeah. host of a club-specific podcast ever. Has he, did he play in those games? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And came through them unscathed and... and I think no... so. I think okay. he may well be because, you know, Joe talks about forgetting where we were as a club. I completely forgot that Mark Gay is not available for the Fulham yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. Completely forgot the five bookings before the World Cup was even a thing. So um, it's possible that Chris Richards might start there because you dare say that he probably complements Mark Gay's absence better than James Tompkins does. But maybe that's a chat we'll have in the preview yeah. section. But um, him coming back, Chet Decore having you know more training, more time with Patrick Vieira and the fitness staff. Hopefully he'll now be doing 90 minutes consistently. But one thing, I mean, Joe mentioned a minute ago about the, the tough time of year it is to start Again, um, the worry that I have are just injuries, you know, injuries yeah. mounting up to play, um, what will it be, with the Spurs game? Uh, three games in eight days. Um, and then with a, you know, FA Cup game at the end of that period, um, you just hope that players don't pick up those, you know, horrible muscle pulls and, and stuff like that this time of year. So no injuries would be a dream. And then hopefully some business done in January, you know, supplementing the midfield. Um, but also going out, maybe some maybe some of the younger players going out. I know there's talk of Jezrak Saki's loan deal at Charlton being ended and him possibly being moved on to a championship club, possibly uh, a club fairly close to us in locality. But where they are in the league, that might actually be a pretty good loan move for him because we'll be playing in a team chasing a playoff place. Should we look at, do you know what I'm talking about Millwall? <laughs> No. I was thinking Wickham for some reason, but they're not even in the championship. But then that's because I live near Wickham, not you. Like, what so the hell? Know. Is that where you're drinking last night? Is it? <laughs> if you left your head in Wickham. Um, yeah, he's been linked. <laughs> Sadly, that's a Bob Dylan song, isn't it? <laughs> he's been left with a, uh, he's been linked with a possible move to Millwall, which I think could, could actually suit him quite nicely. But then also, you know, very good performance in the last few days by Killian Phillips. Um, in, I think it might be in the 23s. Maybe it's time to get somebody. I know it's very good to have the 18s and the 23s doing well in their leagues. It looks good for the academy. But if there is a route of um, progression for those lads into the 
the first team, then maybe the January window will be a chance to get a few of them out um, to maybe League One or League Two clubs. We've already seen Scott Banks doing really well at, at Bradford in League Two um, and getting you know proper first team minutes at professional level can't be doing them any harm. So that's a, that's something else for us to look at in January and see what type of moves the club make in terms of getting players out the door as well. I thought yeah. I thought it was really it was really telling in the the Botafogo friendly that I think there was pretty much two 11s for mm. for each half, but the only two uh, sort of constants were mm. Kofi Barmer, who I think played the full ninety or at least seventy odd minutes or something, and um, uh, Kimani Gordon. Uh, yeah. in the front three and I, I I've part you know I guess we didn't get an answer but it could be for trying to really integrate them with the first team set up a bit more or it might even be a shot window thing to get them low moves I'm not I'm not against either of those uh, at the moment because yeah it's it's I, I think that the you can see there is an effort to bridge the sort of under twenty ones to the first senior team. It's difficult in the Premier League, really difficult now, probably than it's ever been. But you know, it, it, there's, you've got to keep that element of hope that there is that pathway for those under twenty ones. Otherwise, what is what is the point? Well, Kofi yeah, Barmer yeah. is a great example actually because he's he kind of come from nowhere. He was announced relatively quietly in the summer from Larn. Um, and now he's captaining the 23s. He's had a call up to the Northern Irish uh, senior squad. Mm. Yet he hasn't played a minute at first team football for Palace. So as you say, Joe, how does he make that move in terms of you think a championship league one kind of loan move would, would be the ideal for him? But yeah, it's it. that's interesting about the kind of consistency and getting their minutes and the time they'd have had with Vieira and Ossian Roberts and, and Sean Derry over the last three or four weeks when um, since the players have come back will be precious for them. So it's quite interesting. I quite like the... Um, to see where they're going to go, what they're going to do. But hopefully it works out for them better than the uh, Tayo Adamarola loan to Coventry did because that didn't really work for anyone. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right though about the, the, there's no there's no point shutting off that route to the first team, especially when you spent £20 million on the academy. I think you have to try and make that route as smooth as possible, albeit with the caveat that blooding youngsters in the Premier League is incredibly difficult and it's all about timing and mm. there's, a, there's a lot of context to it and a lot of luck sometimes as to when it's available but that'd be nice to see some more youngsters at some point maybe over what's going to be a busy period for the club um Joe I'll just put the same question reworded by James Foster essentially to you uh, that I put to Jack uh what expectations do we have for January for, he's put for me I expect only one outside two midfield possibly a forward I don't know if he means outfield or if he's using very old football terminology, it means like an outside forward or outside. But people goes. are starting to use the phrase outside forward again. Are they? Oh, is yeah, that yeah. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard it a few times during the World Cup. Okay. Yeah. Talking about players like Bakayo Saka. What's that, that Richard Keys? <laughs> I, I haven't listened to a minute of Richard Keys. <laughs> My subscription to being sports has been suspended by the police. <laughs> uh, and then he's added. Uh, Joe, uh, unless Wilf were to leave. So another person that... I think everyone has their sort of eye on the Wilf situation. Would it, I mean, would it be... I guess it, you, know, you never want your best player ever to leave. Would it be horrendous if Wilf left? Are we? Do we feel more yes. mentally prepared? Yes. 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 Do we yes, feel more mentally yes. prepared than in previous years for that happening? Or oh, it would still be devastating, wouldn't it? I'm more mentally prepared for it. It would still be, it would still be gutting. It would still be really like, you know, a close at the end of like a... a proper chapter in Palace history. I think, I think the Zahar era will actually be its own kind of yeah. uh, footnote. Um, I, it's easy for me to say as someone that's not in charge of the finances. I just think 
I don't see the point in cashing in in January. I really don't. I just don't think there's no fun in that at all. And we've already had, we've sold him before in advance. Uh, and he didn't down tools that second half of the season. So I've got no worries that even if he, cause he can legally talk to other clubs once it hits January 1st, uh, even if he agrees something quietly and doesn't announce it till the summer, I've got no uh, doubt that he's going to play to the top of his ability as he has been doing for the last, two, three years especially. Um, so I would rather see what that manifests as in the Palace colours and worry about it in the summer. I feel we've we've kind of got a succession plan. We probably will spend some money on a wide player. I don't, it, I don't imagine that to be in January, but probably in the summer. But I think the point of Elise and Ebrue and even trying to get Kamani Gordon in on as part, these are all players that can... Uh, playing obviously not to the same level, but the idea is that as they get older, that they may end up being the players in those positions for us that maybe not replace the goals, but certainly replace the creativity and the explosive mm-hmm. kind of uh, just chaos that, that Zahara has made for Palace for 10 years now. Um, my only hope now, my other thing why I don't want to see Zahar go, I've got this thing in my, in my head now. The road to a hundred. I I think mm-hmm. I think I think Wolf's something like eleven away or something mm-hmm. like that. I think, I think you're right. I think he's on eighty nine. If if he gets a hundred, we're probably in Europe or we've had a good cup run. Yeah. And I think if he leaves, if he leaves with a hundred Palace goals, I I think I think we'll all be in tears. But we're, it will be we even probably give ourselves an option, a reason for him to stay mm. if if he's got as far as that. But. Yeah, I think it's more likely that he's going than not. I don't begrudge him it at all. Um, I think January the priorities are still elsewhere. I think, I think the midfielder is the the one we're, we're we've all been screaming out for, and you can really see it. For me, it's in away games. We've got really excited players. It's, you see commentators and pundits list off four or five starting players at Palace is really exciting, but you've got to earn the right to play. And I feel like away from home, especially, you can see the difference in our form. It's because we can't take hold of those games in the same way as we used to. And I feel like we need a sort of combative, but also comfy, a very good midfielder that fills that Gallagher gap. Um, or ding, 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 ding. There you go. Hey. We, got, we got to 37 minutes. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Or, and even, you know, MacArthur has almost become an art. It's been so long now that yeah. you forget actually he was a massive absence yeah. in the palace setup. And, yeah, I've heard he's had another setback. I think that was the last kind of negative injury up there. I saw him and him Nathan, Nathan Ferguson. Ferguson. Um, I think that I think those two, <laughs> those two having setbacks have become the new Danny Granville's two weeks away. Two weeks away. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, he was, two, yeah. he was two weeks away for an entire year, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. I've never got to the bottom of that. That was but, the um, other working title of this podcast, wasn't it, Jim? Two weeks away. That was a travel uh, podcast. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I feel like the priority should be midfield. If, if we are allocating our resources, I guess another topic we might be able to get into is just how how prioritised the ownership right now in terms of allocating money and spend. Uh, that They were interested in Chelsea, and it seems they've been relatively public in their interest in one of Manchester United or, or Liverpool too. I think they may get outbid on those, looking at who other reported interested parties in those clubs. But... Yeah, if they're if they are looking elsewhere for a bigger sort of pot of gold, then I maybe we're not going to be able to spend that money. Or if we want players and the stadium at the same time, there was a report 
the other day saying that you know we're looking a lot more we're back to the cheap bargain bin and sort of free transfers stuff i don't know how reliable that report was but it that, would surprise me in this in some and, and that one that that story was linked to john texter mm. and his dealings with the leon purchase so you know blitzer and harris blitzer great time of year to have a name mm, like there that. we go blitzer and harris you know perhaps looking elsewhere texter caught up in a difficult purchase of another club and palace are just left there a little bit like what about us and it is the issue with foreign investment, whether it's American, Middle Eastern, whatever it is, the business kind of the business mind kind of takes over, doesn't it? It's like, well, is there a better option out there? I just don't want us left behind. And thankfully, we've got Steve Parrish involved, who is probably banging heads where where they're needed. Um, but yeah, the, that wasn't a particularly good report. I noted the reporter of that um, <laughs> is someone who I understand has pretty good links with our. Uh, head of recruitment, so I wonder whether there is a uh, right. a link between that. But who knows? These stories do come out this time of year, don't they? And, and we won't truly know what the situation is until the end of January, as with every transfer window. Yeah. You never really know what you're going to get until the end of it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Blitzer goes down in history. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, really more, quick. More stuff like that. You can join the Patreon. <laughs> more stuff like that. <laughs> Bill Murray Pub, February 9th. <laughs> eight quid i think tickets are um really quick one then i just thought of as you guys are talking who leaves palace first wilf or harrison blitzer wilf next summer i don't think harris i don't think harrison blitzer i think i think that for both liverpool and united i think the america although uh the chelsea top Bowley's just bought chelsea but i think after this world cup i think that part of the world will be looking to make a massive purchasing English football where they you know particularly the Qatari government you've seen what they've done with PSG if they could get their hands on either Liverpool or United that would be incredible and I don't think and I'm recalling stuff from the summer when the Chelsea um, bidding was kind of happening Blitzer and Harris couldn't finance that themselves and they were part of a wider group so Blitzer and Harris would need to be part of that wider group again to be anywhere at the table so those deals take a very long time to to get done unless you have the type of situation which um, Chelsea found themselves in at the start of this year Um, so I think Wilf leaving in the summer is more likely to be before Harris and Blitzer go yeah should they go I would agree with that I think they're I think Harris and Blitzer's out is a lot more narrow, I think, you know. I think Wolf's got very many options on what he wants to do uh, now. I think he'll he'll go not essentially go where he wants, but I think he'll get good offers wherever. Whereas Harrison Blitzer, it seems to really rest upon. We're looking for super clubs up for sale, and we we're going to try and get some a consortium together. Uh, and I feel like they won't, whether or not they spend at Palace. I think they won't leave Palace unless something like that comes up, and that those things. <laughs> Chelsea was an unusual example. I think those things take absolutely ages to put together. Yeah. yeah. Well, something that won't take ages to put together is part three. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm about to bed. Uh, anyway, thanks. You're, you're, you're starting to look a bit worse for wear now. Actually, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I really pushed it with that blitzer gag, didn't I? Um, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll, we'll preview the Fulham game. Um, and yeah, that's going to feel weird doing that. But anyway, join us after the break. Where we're we going to do that. It's 
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Fuggy Fan Podcast. Whee! Last episode before Christmas is technically our Christmas episode. Um, and of course, that means Boxing Day is back. Monday, the 26th of December. Palace return to action at home to Fulham. Oh, I should mention, of course, we're sponsored by Eternity Home Finance. This episode, a family-run Palace supporting mortgage advisors. Uh, and they're currently helping their customers keep their mortgages as cheap as possible in light of rising interest rates. So for a free consultation, email info at eternityhomefinance.com. And quote the code FYP. That's also in the notes below uh, in the show notes now. Uh, Jack, fill him at home. Unlucky is. Did I go? Did I go? You, okay, you went... sorry. Uh, I think my Zoom is much like me, <laughs> hanging on by a thread. Um, <laughs> Jack, fill him at home then for Boxing Day. Joe alluded to it earlier. Not a not a horrible game to come back to. Actually, maybe one of the nicer games to come back to after the break. Are you, are you feeling confident? I think when the fixtures came out, I definitely would have thought Fulham at home on Boxing Day was a very nice fixture. But actually, while we talk, I'm just going to have a very quick look and see what their last result was, because I have no idea. They lost home to United, didn't they? They were the last fixture. I think, no, they drew... No, what the... Hang on, Google has done some weird Guardian stuff. Football Weekly, this pod isn't, is it? <laughs> Not this week. Uh, yeah, they lost to United. They lost. To, in fact, they're, they're coming in without a win in three. Right. So they're not in the best place, but the last two games were at City, um, who I think won that game with a very dodgy penalty. And then they lost at home to United to a last-minute winner. So that stat is probably a little bit misleading. But mm. no, they've been far more competitive than I think most people thought they would be this season. Mitrovic is far more of a goal threat than he was when yeah. they came up last time. Uh, so I'm expecting this to be a bit like the first day of a season, to be honest, because the players haven't played competitively um, for, for a good few weeks. Um, and the coaching staff will have had time to implement anything new they want. So I, I appreciate this for a preview, but I really don't know what to expect on on, um, on Boxing Day. I think this could be quite a difficult game for Palace. Um, but, you know, while it's been good that Vieira's had time with, with his players, um, Marco Silva's had time with his players. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good game, fairly mid-table, I think, but... Um, yeah, I'm 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 hopeful for Palace, but I I, I don't want to underestimate Fulham because they have been far better mm. this season than I than I really thought they would be. I, I thought them and Bournemouth were just going to be two spots going down right away, to be honest, and and both have shown they're a lot more than that. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't underestimate Fulham at all. Let Let's ask you then, Joe, the only sort of I guess team newsy question which we chatted about earlier: Gahey being out. So Jack MK has said Gahey suspended. Who comes in alongside Anderson? Uh, Jack sort of said maybe Richards earlier who would you go with I, I would expect it to be Richards although it really depends on how whether we're sort of playing to the opposition or trying to implement our our plan because I think Richards is quite tidy in possession from what I understand but if Mitrovic is really a problem we have to pay a bit more attention to than usual huge physical presence and mm-hmm. seems to be anybody in the air if he's really up for it 
does that mean James Tompkins just focuses on him? Uh, I wouldn't be against that either. You know, there's also outside chances for Joel Ward at centre back if uh, if that that makes some more sense. But I, it looks like Tompkins and Richards are both fit, so I think we're more likely to see that. Uh, maybe uh, maybe not Kofi Barmer, but you know, he might be on the bench. Might be on the bench. Know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm. Richards is such a relative, such an unknown quantity for me. I've only seen him come on. Essentially, most of his appearances were in a back five, essentially, weren't they? Yeah. He came, also, came on as the third centre-back at Anfield, I remember. Yeah. And, uh, and the City and game as well. Had, yeah, didn't have as fantastic a night, that one, or afternoon, that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but he had he had, he had had played at centre-half for Bayern Munich. Not a great amount of times, but had played there. So, I think part of the reason he came in was to be a versatile option at the back there. So, if he's ready, I'm all for seeing what that looks like yeah the other threat jack is is andres pereira is on loan from man united i think don't they no no they've they've signed him him, i think i think he's theirs every single fact this episode that i could have got wrong i've got wrong so i feel like hope last night was worth it that's all (laughs) it was actually it was (laughs) um he'll be a big threat i'd imagine that's chet decore's job to keep him quiet that midfield battle, that's where Fulham have been surprisingly good. Pereira and João Paulinho as well has been an unbelievable signing for them. Unbelievable. Sorry, I hate unbelievable. Just what, that is literally what Jamie O'Hara says all the time. <laughs> uh, but he's been a fantastic, fantastic signing for them. Um, and they've, yeah, they, that's where they've had their strength this season. They've been much harder for teams to get through than they were when they came up last time when they made signings like Ruben Loftus-Cheek on loan and then didn't really know how to play him. Um this is a much better Fulham team than than they were two years ago. And that midfield, Pereira, as you mentioned, João Palina, Harrison Reed, that's going to be a really difficult part um, for Palace to get on top of. Um, but we've shown it in other games this season. We were more than competitive in that part of the pitch. Decore has really uh, flourished in that pivot role and and ebbs and, and maybe, uh, I don't know, who I expect to kind of, I mean, Schlupp probably, um, kind of entertain uh, the, those guys in the middle of the pitch and, and we'll see who comes out on top. But we've got enough in that midfield to trouble them. But yeah, they've they've certainly got threats going going both ways. You've got yeah. the you've got the eternal question as well, which we never seem settled on. Is it Eduardo or is it Mateta? Yeah. <laughs> oh well, I was I meant to mention earlier. Did you? Did, uh, if you guys have seen the highlight, have you seen Mateta's absolute worldie? In uh, I'm getting, I think it was a Trabs on Saw friendly where he. Went, he went to swing, missed it, and oh, then no. it <laughs> off the defender and hit the momentum of his his air kick took him round again and he was there to poke it in past the game. It was the most potato goal. <laughs> he knew what scored. he was doing. He was, but all do you goals mean the, count. The, the new streamline Jean-Philippe Mathis as well. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've always been taught to be very suspicious of people that voluntarily shave their head bald when they have a full head, set of hair. <laughs> yeah, don't know, I don't uh, know why he made that call. No, it's very unusual. Normally, it's something you. Normally, it's a preventative measure yeah. when 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 it's all starting to go. But to voluntarily mm. and go, you know, I, I, it just feels like a waste. And it wasn't but, going. It, yeah, yeah, decent. Yeah, a decent barnet. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a it's, it's Christmas. <laughs> Jim's hungover. <laughs> this is the gold they come for. This let me yeah. ask. Okay, let me ask you because let's let's all be honest. We don't really know what to expect from this game. This is a no. crazy boxing game fixture after a World Cup, which has never happened before. We're hopeful Palace will do the job against a team that we would hope they would do the job against. It. But I, what is your favourite Boxing Day Palace memory? Jim? I thought you were going to say something like, but what is the quality, favourite quality street? So I'm completely 
random. Hang on, this I, is still a Palace podcast, so... I will I will say, and again, I should have done some research and found out if Fulham have had any friendlies. I assume they probably have. But looking at our list of friendlies results, it's not horrendous. So it at least gives you some indication that Palace are in an okay sort of shape. And if actually, looking at it, Botafogo 0-0, Fabson's 2-2, 3-1 defeat to Napoli, 2-1 against Valladolid. It's almost Botafogo's side makes me feel like Palace in Europe. That's a little Europa League group. <laughs> Actually, I'm getting a taste of what it'd be like if we did qualify. They uh, um, they played West Ham in a friendly, so they kept it. They local. kept it. Yeah, kept it local. They played West Ham last Saturday. What's uh, that favorite? looks like the only one. What's your favourite Palace Boxing Day memory? Not really. My, me- my immediate my immediate reaction to that is that there aren't many because we that, normally don't do very well. Yeah, yeah, I think we've got a crap record. Two, two sort of the two Boxing Day games full stop that really stick out in my mind that were positive. You've got um, Dwight Gale up at, up at Villa. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Under Pulis. Yeah. And another late goal, Jordan Ayew against West Ham about three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. The Jordan Ayew one is where I went. That yeah. was a Boxing Day winner. Yeah. yeah. That was Connor Con- Con- Wickham assist. Connor Con- Wickham assist. <laughs> yeah. Forest Green Rovers legend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that, that for me is the standard. I mean, you, as you say, Joe, I was struggling to, to find one, but I thought I'd ask the question because I couldn't find anything. But in my research this morning, because I remembered walking to a game in the mid to late 90s and a bloke telling my dad it had been called off because of a frozen pitch, and I found that it was Luton at home, Boxing Day 1995, and we got to South North Clock Town, they turned us around. As part of that research to see whether it was Luton, I found out that Jason Cundy had a loan spell at Palace. That was a fact completely lost on me. I never knew Jason Cundy. have known that. No. Oh, can you imagine him in the dressing room? The wonder, I, the wonder, he, I'm sure he was shipped back out pretty quickly. Something yeah, four like games. Well, he played four games. So yeah, there you go. Probably you says it all. But yeah, there's, there's my Palace trip. There's my present to you, listeners. Jason Cundy played for Palace. But boxing, <laughs> I mean, that just typifies Palace on Boxing Day having not much really to talk about because my <laughs> the third game that came to mind after the Gale and RU ones uh, was a game that was actually postponed. Portsmouth in the Premier League that got, I think, uh, Linvoy Primus scored in a very terrible 1-0 defeat. That comes to mind, but I'm struggling. The other, the other one is a defeat. Dowie's first game was Boxing Day at home to Millwall. 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 Yeah. And AJ missed a penalty. That's right, yeah. yeah. Tony Warner. All my Millwall fans constantly I, remind the, me of that. Weirdly, that's the first game came to mind, which I guess... That just, <laughs> just sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Last year's Boxing Day, horrendous. 2-0 down, Wolf gets sent off. Yeah. Literally would have called it off at half time. We didn't have any play. Wasn't there a, like, a risk of that being called off because of a yeah. load of... I think yeah, Palace, Palace, I think Palace just... want. I think Palace thought it was going to be called off. Mm. Which right. is why they turned up looking a bit of a shambles, I think. And then it was yeah. late. It, and there was a couple of journalists reported it was, wasn't it? And then it was turned around and stuff. Yeah. Um, I remember we drew a nil-nil with Bournemouth one Boxing Day a couple of years ago down at the South Coast, which was a horrendous game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. yes. And that was the first time we'd been down there. So it was quite apparent. I didn't go, but apparently it was quite a tense atmosphere in there because everyone was so precious about their Bournemouth ticket. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Palace fans, I understand. Yeah. Look, and, and everyone, the thing is with Boxing Day, you really hope it's going to add something to your Christmas. Yeah. But if it doesn't, you're just like, regretful on so many levels because you've probably cancelled some sort of family thing that's caused you grief cardiff at home i bought presents for my brother and sister a few years ago it was cardiff at home that was nil nil nil, 20 29 shots on or 29 (laughs) shots or something and we'd just beaten city away i think before that was that that yeah that was that year banger yeah 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 palace and boxing day man i tell you yeah Anyway. Right, um, well, Fulham 2-0 win. <laughs> yeah, on that note, 
Surely in now. <laughs> well, right. we'll see what happens. We're back next week to, to to review that game back in the swing of the normal pods. Uh, but until then, just takes me, well, I guess just to say Merry Christmas to you both. Joe, Merry Christmas and thanks for coming on. Well, thank you very much. Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year. If I don't see you, but I will see you in in the main stand, or are you not? Do you not know if you're coming yet? I'm, I'm I'm aiming to go. Yeah. So if Jack's prediction is right, it is completely my fault. But no, I am I am <laughs> planning on being there. Um, it's an early early kickoff. No, it's not. An, is it an early kickoff? No, I'm thinking of the Southampton game. I know, which is a few weeks away. Ignore me. Yeah. Um, Jack, you're right. Are oh, you right, mate? Are you right? <laughs> no, no. I'm going back to bed. I think. Yeah. Um, Merry Christmas, Jack, and and thanks for for coming on the pod. Season's and, greetings to you and, and listeners. If over the season you have a, a, a bit of time spare, go back and listen to our World Cup interviews with yes. Aaron Wilbraham, Doc Brown, and Rebecca Lowe. Beautifully done, beautifully done. And uh, well, they are... you, you, I did just ask if you would do that, and you have forgotten within about five minutes. So. <laughs> I think <laughs> the glazed look in my eyes you asked me probably gave you the answer uh, to that question. Yeah, they're great interviews, and um, we're really proud of them. So, uh, yeah, good Christmas fodder, really, if you are looking for some Palace-related uh, content. And thank you to those guys for coming on and, and, and being interviewed on the pod. Really appreciate it. Hope it helped fill the gap uh, with no Palace. And, and a Merry Christmas or, or Season's Greeting whatever you're doing over Christmas whether you're celebrating or not um, to all of our listeners we you know we really appreciate your support and we hope you have a lovely holiday season and we'll be back after that Fulham game it's a Tuesday maybe Tuesday we'll work it out we'll, we'll, we'll be back and uh, always fun yeah. scheduling pods around this time of year yeah yeah oh my god always yeah, good that's, gonna be, that's yeah. gonna be fun anyway leave the leave the admin to us listeners you just enjoy your time off and we'll see you again very soon goodbye Podcast Network.